I'm Steve McLeod and this is Bootstrapped, the podcast for people running bootstrapped software companies or wanting to run one. I run two bootstrapped software products, Feature Upvote, which lets your customers vote on ideas to improve your product, and Sabre Feedback, which offers a feedback widget you can add to your website. Follow along as I learn from talking to other bootstrappers and experts, and just maybe you'll learn something too. Hey bootstrappers, Steve here with a solo episode. That's right, it's just me behind the microphone today. I have a quote for you, well a paraphrase. There's one thing you need to do in your business right now. One thing that is so much more valuable than just about anything else you could be doing. And it's certainly not adding a new feature. That's from something Patrick McKenzie tweeted around the time I was acquiring Sabre Feedback. And I took it to heart. It was actually the right advice for me at the right time. By the way, if you're active on Twitter and you're not following Patrick McKenzie, I recommend you do so. He frequently tweets very insightful stuff that's spot on for people like you and me. So I'm going to give you a Sabre Feedback update today about where I'm at with it currently. And the reason why I started with that Patrick McKenzie tweet is because it helps explain how I got started with Sabre Feedback. But first, some background. For those who came in late, Sabre Feedback is a B2B SaaS software as a service that I acquired in April 2020, so about 15 months ago. Sabre Feedback was started in 2011. The original founder ran it as a bootstrapped single person show until I acquired it. He got it up to a few thousand dollars in recurring revenue, monthly recurring revenue, and about 50 paying customers. He then kind of found that it flatlined. He got to a point where he wasn't able to grow it any further. He lost interest and he took a full-time job and put Sabre Feedback kind of on the back burner on life support. I saw this and I saw this as an opportunity to do something I've long wanted to do, which is to take an underperforming product or business and see if I can breathe some life into it. I contacted the founder of Sabre Feedback. I asked him if he was interested in this. He was very interested. I think he was quite grateful to find somebody to, to offer the buyout off him. And we agreed on the price. And then 15 months ago, it became mine. And then I had a product to look at and thought, what the heck am I going to do with this? And that takes me back to the Patrick McKenzie quote or paraphrase, if you will. There's one thing you need to do in your business right now one thing that's more valuable than just about anything else you could be doing. I needed to find out what that was for Sabre Feedback. When I got Sabre Feedback, it was doing slightly less than $4,000 in monthly recurring revenue and had less than 50 customers. This is low and I needed to do something about this, but I wasn't sure about the product itself. So I took a look at it. I looked at the customers who were using it and the churn rate, and I came to the conclusion that it's actually a solid product I didn't need much product work at that point in time. It did what people wanted. It did what they expected and it did it well. It was reliable. And evidence of this is that the churn rate was very low. The number of people or the percentage of the customer base who were canceling each month was very low. And this showed that they were fundamentally happy with it, but it also showed we were getting the right type of customers. That is people who will use it for a long time. So what was that one thing I needed to do? It was quite clear to me that I needed to find a way to get customers. I needed to find a marketing channel that actually worked. 
when I acquired Sabre Feedback, it fundamentally had no marketing channel that was working. I think that the original founder did quite well initially with a, a blog in which he posted his build and public story. And that worked for a little while, but I think such an approach can only take you so far because the people who follow your build and public story, they don't typically actually have the problem that your product solves. Some of the other blog posts were like advice or things he had learned as a bootstrapper with a small business. Again, very useful, interesting stuff, but it doesn't attract people who have the burning problem that Sabre Feedback solves. And the, the third category of content was, or of blog posts was just like general life stories that the founder was experiencing. So I've used SEO reliably in the past as a way of getting customers. I've learned and read that for B2B SaaS products, SEO is a very good approach. It's extremely slow in the beginning, but after a year or so of doing it consistently, it really starts getting results. This can be tough if you have low resources. I was fortunate that I did have some resources I could put into Sabre Feedback to take my time and really take an approach aiming for where we might be in a year or two rather than having to see results straight away. So SEO seemed perfect. Furthermore, I had a small team that had successively worked together executing an SEO strategy for feature upvote. So they knew what they were doing or we knew what we were doing. We understood the mentality of SEO. And it's something that had worked for me in the past with a consumer desktop product. So I felt like this was where it was. SEO would be our thing. SEO was that one thing I needed to do in my business right now, much more, more valuable than anything else. So we set about doing it. And here's what we did. We looked at all the content on Sabre Feedback's website, each piece of content, and we decided whether it was something we should get rid of because it was irrelevant, whether it was something that could be rewritten because what we had there while having the basis of an idea wasn't really addressing our customer needs or whether it was something we just needed to do a few tweaks to. Furthermore, we found a so-called content gap. We worked out what was missing from the site that was important to add for SEO purposes. This included things like alternative to competitor type articles or you know, overview of the top five products that do what our product does. This type of thing, you know what it is, the type of uh, stuff that probably you don't enjoy reading, but it's kind of fundamental to the basis of a beginning of a B2B SEO strategy. And this started to work. In fact, the first month of doing this or a month after doing this, we saw Google traffic double immediately. And I got high hopes from this. Spoiler alert, it didn't last. In fact, double spoiler alert, it turns out trying to breathe life into a underperforming product is much harder than you would think. Well, at least much harder for me than I expected. So yes, after one month, we doubled our Google organic traffic, but then it kind of flatlined for a few months before it started growing again. And in hindsight, I think I know what was going on there. Google was gradually reorienting the, con the, the type of traffic we were getting. As we were removing content from our website, it realized we didn't want people coming to our website looking for certain types of content. And it was working out we did want other types of people. So we were having one type of content or one type of traffic gradually go down and another type of content gradually go up. The net result was that our content our organic traffic seemed to be staying level. Actually, the right type of traffic was going up. Starting from about November last year, we've been seeing a steady 5 to 10% growth in organic traffic each month. 
This has been really, really something I've really appreciated. It's still low, but it's going well. And we're now at four times the traffic as when I acquired Sabre Feedback. Or to be more specific, traffic for the last month as I talk is more than four times traffic for the first month after I acquired Sabre Feedback and still growing. Now, SEO is a lot of work. And in the first few months, it's my whole team focused on that and it wasn't sustainable. We also had feature upvote to run and we were kind of neglecting that. And also it was basically costing me more to execute our SEO strategy than I was earning from Sabre feedback. So at self November, the strategy, we tweaked it a bit, we changed it. I now pay a content agency to write one article per month for us. It was initially two articles of a thousand words, but it's now one article of 2000 words. And that's based on advice I've been given by an SEO expert that says more comprehensive content is better. It's better to have one good article rather than two shorter ones. We're using an agency called Scribly to do this. I pay them $499 for 2000 words. This may seem like a lot to you, but Sabre Feedback's income easily covers that. They do a great job, they're reliable, they require very little input from me, which is really important. And the reliability that I can, at the beginning of the month, they ask me what I want the content to be on. I give them a topic that's missing from our website. And towards the end of the month, they give me a fully polished article, well-written, it's edited, it's well-formatted and so on. And all we have to do is then put it onto our website. Furthermore, we've put together an SEO blog post checklist that we gradually developed, but now makes it quite easy to go through the process of putting a, a new blog post onto the blog and making sure it meets our style, that it meets the SEO fundamentals, such as uh, the, the title and the description, and that we've got links coming from other sites, from other pages on our site, that has a call to action at the end, and if appropriate, it has a table of contents near the top, et cetera, et cetera. All these things that just together make up for a great SEO effort. And weekly, I run a SEO audit tool called Sitebulb that goes through our site and looks for broken internal links and other things we might have messed up along the way, just to make sure that we're keeping things as good as possible. And that's working really well, and I think Probably with this at least another six months of steady growth before that approach reaches the limit of what it can do. And perhaps even we can keep going at it for another year. There certainly will come a point in which outsourcing content to an agency will reach the limits of what it can do for us. But for now, it's working really well. So that brings me to a new problem that I'm encountering with Sabre Feedback, a problem that I'm encountering because our SEO strategy is working. A year ago, I would get maybe one email per month from somebody trying Sabre Feedback who had some question about what, if it was possible to change something or something wasn't working the way they wanted it. We're now getting, well, in the last week alone, I've had four such emails. This shows to me that we are now getting people find Sabre Feedback who actually have the problem that we solve. They're trying us out, they're reading our website content, and they care enough and they're interested enough to actually write and ask these questions. So what's the problem? The problem is that I almost always have to say, we can't do what you want. And sometimes these requests they're making, they're, they're fair requests and they should be really easy. For example, Sabre feedback is translated into 10 or 15 different languages. And occasionally somebody will find that 
something hasn't been translated properly. For example, if the privacy policy link has not been translated, and it should be. For example, if you're a French person using Sabre feedback on a French language website and the Sabre feedback widget and form is in French, and then you click on the privacy policy and suddenly it's in English, this is not good. Now fixing this should be not much more than just asking a translator to what's necessary. Unfortunately, making any technical change to Sabre feedback at the moment is quite difficult, more difficult than it need to be, needs to be. For the first year, I relied on going back to the original founder and asking them to do these things for me, but that's no longer something I want to do. It's time to, to break free and move on. Also, it was never really something sustainable. Sabre feedback has hit a technological bottleneck some decisions that were made in the past are making it very hard to continue development. It's using a JavaScript front end called Ember to make a single page application and Rails on the back end with an API. The version of Ember we're using needs to be updated. It's out of date and unfortunately there's not an easy upgrade path. Furthermore, the documentation that's still online is out of date or actually it's the opposite. It is up to date, but our usage of it isn't. So it's really tricky to do anything. And this is something we really need to solve. It's holding us back from moving forward with the product. So the number one problem I need to address now in my business that's holding the product back more than anything else is fixing that technological bottleneck. And that's something we've been doing in recent months. I have been getting my designer to create a new look for our screens. And now I've I've been going through the process with some help of a freelancer of turning that into a traditional rail server-side rendered project. By the way, if you're a developer yourself, and chances are you are if you're listening to this podcast, in a B2B SaaS product like ours, there's a good chance your customers don't care whether you're using a single page application or not. They probably don't care that, about the technology, technology you're built on. They just want the product to work for them which implies that it really doesn't matter too much what technology you're using. So make sure you're using something that makes life really easy for you. Something in which it makes it really easy for you to deploy fixes, to deploy new features and so on. And that's not where we are at with Sabre Feedback. So this mini project we're working on is designed to fix this. And that brings me back, that brings me to a second piece of advice I received that I wanted to say. This came from Robin Warren, who's been on the show twice. I can't remember if he told me this in a private conversation or if it was on the podcast. And I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he said. Finish what you are already doing before starting something new. Now, Robin maybe not even meant that as advice. It could have been just something he was saying about his own attitude. But I remember at the time thinking, yeah, I need to learn that. You know how it goes. You're doing some marketing effort and you got to the point where it's become a little bit monotonous and then you read in a blog post or you hear on a podcast about some new marketing trick you should be doing and you just want to drop everything and do that. And it's actually the wrong thing to be doing. You, you need to finish what you're, well, I need to finish what I'm already doing and only then should I move on to the new thing. Unfortunately for us bootstrappers who uh, were our own boss, there's nobody to enforce that for us. And it's up to us to make sure we actually get something finished before doing something new. And I've been struggling a little bit with this Sabre feedback technological backend. 
as we're starting to get people write to us and ask us about changes we could make, it's still tempting to find a way to make it happen in the existing technology we've got, even though it's slow and cumbersome. Yet every time we do that, we're not working on the rework to the fixing the technology where bottleneck we're in. So I'm trying very hard to focus on that and that alone. Fortunately, I have some help. Uh, I did have a recent loss of a of a freelancer I, I hoped who was going to help with that, but fortunately, a someone else has stepped in, a, a listener to the podcast that she contacted me and said he was able to help, which is really good. And hopefully in the weeks ahead, we'll be past that bottleneck. And then I can look at the next thing, the next single thing in my business that is more valuable than anything else I could be doing. So that's where we are with, with Sabre Feedback. We're still not getting the progress as measured by revenue, but I feel that I'm really getting a situation where growth can start happening. I'm getting to be in the situation where we are getting people interested in the product, signing up on a regular basis. I am getting people contact me because they are actually interested in what we have. We've got the problem in which I can't easily address their concerns when it imply when it's something that requires a small fix or a small feature tweak. And this is a problem we intend to have solved soon. Okay, before I go, I want to talk about one more thing that I'm learning from Sabre. It's this, every software product becomes legacy very quickly. You make technological decisions, you, you choose frameworks and libraries, and they look like good decisions at the time, and then you discover they're not. Either they stop getting supported, or they go in a different direction than what you wanted, they slow you down, they limit you from being able to upgrade other parts of your application, or they're dependent on third parties who do things their own way. And this is something else we're discovering with Sabre Feedback. We have like 10 or 15 integrations. Sounds like a great idea, right? Add a whole bunch of integrations to your product that's great for winning a load of customers. Each one of those integrations is from a much bigger company than yours and hopefully they'll give you a page on their website with links back, et cetera, et cetera. And that has happened. We've got links back from Slack and Asana and Basecamp and WordPress and GitLab and so on. Unfortunately, each of those third parties, they also have their own development schedule and they deprecate things. And I'm discovering that quite a few of our integrations require updating to be able to work with the latest version of whatever the third parties are offering. It's really frustrating. It's unavoidable if you're using, if you're integrating with third party applications and there's nothing you can do about it if you actually want to have a software product. It's reality. Everything becomes legacy very quickly. And this means that you can't ride along, coast along for too long. Any product needs to be actively developed if only to stay where it is. It's frustrating, but it's the reality. Okay, that's all I have to say for today. I hope I haven't rambled on too long. As ever, I'm really happy to hear feedback. The best way to do this is on Twitter. So reach out to me there. And that's all. We'll be back next week with another episode from the Bootstrapping Life. Bye, everybody.